certainly a blessing to be here this morning and to see each one of you. Trust that you, Lord, would bless our time together. A few thoughts that's upon my mind this morning. Uh, we direct you to uh, Luke chapter 12. We'll spend a little time there and um, also in First Timothy chapter 6. If you want to turn over there. We'll begin reading in um, Luke chapter 12, verse 13. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made thee a judge or who, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God saith unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. We see here in this lesson is a teaching of the Lord against covetousness. And what I'd like to talk a little bit about that's on my mind is the, is linked to covetousness. Um, and primarily those that trust in uncertain riches. Here we see in this parable that he spake that this man was a, he was already a rich man and he had all these goods that he increased. And so what's he going to do with them? <clears throat> Which brings us to the thought, what do we do when we're increased? Well, what he's going to do, he's just going to, you know, make all he can and can all he makes, store it up in barns and bigger barns. And this man is trusting in uncertain riches because he wants to take his ease. He's got plenty saved up. And uh, for the future. And so he is going to take his ease. He wants to eat, drink, and be merry because he's got all this security. But in verse 15, he said unto them, before he gave this parable, 
He says, take heed, beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And that's, and how many people today equate success with the abundance of things that we've got? Or the amount of money that we have in the bank. A man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Alright? And we'll come back maybe to, to part of this. But let's, let's go now to 1 Timothy. Because we find here in 1 Timothy a lot said about they that would be rich. The love of money. And how people can trust in uncertain riches just like this rich man did in this parable. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, we find... Um, I don't know where I want to start. If I start in the, 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 the sentence... I want to get down to the bottom of the sentence. I guess I have to start in verse 3. It says, If a man consent not, if a man teach otherwise, consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he's proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strive, railings, Evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. That's what I want. Supposing that gain is godliness. He says, from such, turn away. You know, there's a lot of people who think that gain, they equate that with godliness. Um, or they use it in an ill way. There's this prosperity gospel that's preached. If you'll just start serving the Lord, you'll get all this money. You'll be rich. And you can start by casting your bread upon the waters and God will multiply it and send me 20 bucks. You see this on TV. These people that's got these preachers that's got three cars, garages, and a, garage, a car in every garage. You know, God wants you to be rich. Here it talks about some that, that uh, are supposing that gain somehow is godliness but the lord turns that right around in the next verse and he says but godliness with contentment is great gain some people think that great gain and riches is godliness but he's saying that godliness with contentment is great gain it's just the opposite godliness with contentment is great gain and then he says for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Later on, he tells Timothy, don't trust, it, it teach, it, uh, exhort those, command those that, that trust in uncertain riches. The riches are the uncertain thing. Death is certain, and it's the certain thing is, you're not going to take any of that money with you when you die. Alright? That's what's certain. All right, you came into this world with nothing, and guess what you're leaving with? Nothing. That's what he's saying. Godliness with contentment is great gain. 
For we brought nothing into this world and it's certain we can carry nothing out. You know what the next verse says? And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. Godliness with contentment is great gain. In Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 it says, Be content with such things as you have. For he had said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Alright? So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I'll not fear what man shall do unto me. Be content with such things as we have. And having food and raiment, therewith be content. We came in this world with nothing. We're going to leave with nothing. You remember when Job, who was like the richest man over there in the east, Job chapter 1, read about him. But he's one that feared God and eschewed evil. And you remember what happened to Job. Satan came along, is talking with God, you know, uh, and uh, Satan makes the accusation. The only reason that Job is serving you is because you've blessed the work of his hands and you've increased his substance. You take it all away, though, he'll curse you to your face. So it's okay. All that he has is in your hands, Satan, but you don't touch him. Can't touch him. You know, Satan can only go so far as what God would suffer him to do. That's right. <clears throat> all those things were taken away. He lost all his material goods. He lost all his sheep, his cattle, his oxes, his asses. Even lost some children too, didn't he? You know what he said? He fell down and worshiped the Lord. That's naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return hither. The Lord hath given and the Lord hath taken away. It says in all these things, Job sinned not nor charged God foolishly. He said, I, I, I naked I came from my mother's womb. That's the same way I'm going out of this world. I'm going to have anything. It's certain we're not going to carry anything with us. Uh, we find the, the wise man Solomon. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Ecclesiastes. Right after Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. <clears throat> He's talking about riches. There's, there's a lot here that we could we could talk about. I just want to get one verse right here. He talks about those riches in verse 14. Those riches perish by evil travail. And he begetteth a son, and there is nothing in his hand. He says, as he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came, and shall take nothing of his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. And he's just talking about those that would, uh, uh, well, maybe I should have started in verse 9. Moreover, the prophet of the earth is for all. The king himself is served by the field. Verse 10, he that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This also is vanity. And we're going to see over here in 1 Timothy, he talks about the love of money being the root of all evil, right? And here he talks about those that love silver and are not going to be satisfied. You know, the eyes of man are never satisfied. You love silver and gold. When you get some, you know what you want? You want more of it. You want more of it. He says, 
those that love the silver. It says verse 11, when goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof, saving the beholding of it with their eyes? See, there are people who hoard money. They love money. They love gold and silver. They love these great riches. And they love to not ever spend any of it because their love is to see in that big dollar account in their bank. All right? The beholding of it. He talks about the beholding of it. Saving beholding of them with our eyes. He says, the sleep of a laboring man is sweet. Whether he, whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. <clears throat> you know, when you get a little money, do you know, you get some money? You got a little money out here? Or maybe it's a lot of money? What are you worried about? You're worried about how you can keep it, right? Where you're going to invest it here? You're going to do this with it? Should I, uh, you know, get buy a bunch of gold and silver? How am I going to keep my worth? What, you know, all the, the stuff that I've got. How can I keep it? The abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. See, a a rich man has some <clears throat> considerations and some worries that a poor man doesn't. A poor man that doesn't have anything, he doesn't have to worry about how he's going to keep all his riches because he doesn't have any. Oh, but if you've got stuff, if you've got silver and gold. And there's also a temptation that you have if you have the silver and gold. And that's to trust in it. A poor man doesn't have that temptation to trust in silver and gold. You want to know why? Because he doesn't have any. But there's a special Warning to people that have riches and gold, and that is not to trust in those things. Because those things have a way of taking wings. Over in Proverbs 23, it talks about, you know, your wealth takes wings. <clears throat> Proverbs, uh, 23. Verse 4 says, Labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Alright. But here in Ecclesiastes, he's saying the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. There is sore evil which I have seen under the sun, namely riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurt. But those riches perish by evil travail. And he that begetteth a son, <clears throat> there is nothing in his hand. As he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came and shall take nothing of his labor which he shall carry away in his hand. This also is a sore evil that in all points as he came, so shall he go. And what profit hath he that hath labored for the wind? You've labored all this time You've amount, you've amassed wealth. Just like, just like in the parable, Luke chapter 12. I've laid up all these for many days to come, trusting in these things. He says, thou fool, this night thy soul should be required of thee. He made all kinds of business arrangements except for his funeral arrangements, which is going to happen 
real quick. He's going to go out of this world with nothing. With nothing. All right? Let me, let me go ahead and get some of these verses in First Timothy before we have, say further remarks. Here in First Timothy, he says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. <clears throat> so whereas we brought nothing in this world, it's certain we're not going to take anything out of this world with us. And verse 8 says, Having food and raiment, therewith be content. Do you, do you, and I didn't finish. We could keep reading there in Luke chapter 12 after this parable about this man. And, and I guess we should go over there now. Sorry. Luke, let's go to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. You know what the Lord starts talking about immediately after that parable about this man trusting in these uncertain riches that had these barns. We're going to tear down these barns, build builder barns. And we're going to say, soul, you've got many things laid up for all these years. Eat, drink. You know, he's, he's resting in these things that he's got. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself is not rich toward God. And he said unto his disciples, verse 22, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat, neither for the body what you shall put on. The life is more than the meat. The body is more than the raiment. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. And how much more are ye better than the fowls? He's talking about now what you're going to eat and drink. And he goes on down and he talks about how that God clothed the grass. He clothed the fields. He feeds the ravens. And he says, God, uh, you're, you're, he says that you are worth more than these sparrows. And if God knows how to feed them, he's going to feed you. In other words, don't be so anxious about what you're going to eat and drink. Because God knows we need these things. And he is going to provide these things. In other words, having food and raiment, therewith be content. Alright? He says in verse, he says, uh, verse 29, seek not what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind, for all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. God is the most understated, understated statement I probably ever made. God is smart. He knows you need something to eat. He knows you need something to drink. Okay? He knows all that. He made you. You have to have nourishment to live. Okay? So God who feeds the sparrows is going to feed you. God that clothes the fields, he's going to clothe you. You don't need to be anxious about that. You need to focus on serving the Lord. He says, for all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He says, sell that you have, give alms, provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth nor moth corrupt. He says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If you don't remember anything else I say this morning, I'm about out of time, my goodness. Where your treasure is, 
there will your heart be also. And where your treasure is, if your treasure is just in treasure, riches, and gold, then that's why you're going to amass those things up. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're just gonna want eye that bank account, and now that's that's my treasure, and I behold it. Oh, it looks so good, but it's just sitting there, it's not being used to the glory of God. It's just sitting there. We like to look at it. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be, also. All right. We're talking here that seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and these other things that you need. God will supply it. You don't have to be so focused on the things you need that you make that your God, that you go and seek it. All right? Now I hadn't had time to look. Uh, let's, let's go back to First Timothy. He says, but they that will be rich, verse 9. He says, having food and raiment, we should be content with it. But they that will be rich. That's where your treasure is. I just want to be, my goal is to be rich. They that will be rich. It says, they that will be rich fall into a temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. Drown. How would you like to drown? You know, we need money. Right? I mean, that's how we buy things. We're not living in the barter system. We're not out on farms where we can just barter and I'll trade you some eggs for, you know, it's, you know, for, for some vegetables or something like that. We work on money. And, uh, we need those things. But if we seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, the things we need, God's going to supply. If we're diligent. Now, I don't have time to really bring to a good conclusion. Let's just keep going a little bit. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Didn't say money was. It's the love of money is the root of all evil. Which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, man of God, flee these things. He's telling the man of God to flee the love of money, the desire to be made rich. And uh, he's supposed to, that's a commandment actually he's given. But he says down here in verse 17, he says, Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. But in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. All right, so here he's telling us, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded. People like to boast of their wealth they have. And you know this as well as I do. People that have money, they kind of think they're better than other folks. He said, look, if God's blessed you to have funds, maybe you're rich, all right? He says, with this world's goods, he says, charge them not to be high-minded nor trust in those uncertain riches. As we already saw in 23, Proverbs 23, verse 5, they have a tendency, riches can fly away. They're uncertain riches. 
Alright? And he says, But we're to trust in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Where your treasure is, here, I just want to leave you with two thoughts. I know this has been kind of disjointed and, uh, a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. How in America today do we usually judge success? How much money you make? Oh, my children are real successful in life. Well, we usually think, man, he's got, you know, he's probably got, you know, a good job. He's making lots of money, putting a lot of money in the bank, and he's, he's, he's got wealth. He's been successful in his life. That's how, isn't that how we kind of look at things? Whether a person is successful, it's not how it should be. And I'm not saying that you do. And if you don't, that's good because that's not the way. A, man, a man's life doesn't consist in the abundance of the things which he possesses. I could be the most lowly, have the most lowly job in life. And I'm not going to try to name what that might be. <clears throat> but if I'm good at it and I'm honoring God, even though I might make pennies, I can be a success. If I'm doing a job well done. You know, I, I have people at AM, I look, uh, there's, there's folks, I'll just use this. You know, I think some of the folks over there, they kind of look down at maybe the custodial workers that work there. Well, they're not very successful. They're just a, a janitor, a custodial worker. Well, my friends, you can be a great success in life in God's terms being a custodial worker. Or I may just have a shovel and that's my tool and I just dig ditches for people for a living. Whatever you, whatever you want to think about. If I'm doing it to put food on my family and in honor to God and I do my best job at ditch, ditch digging that I can do, I've been a success in that job. Here's my responsibilities. I did them. I don't care how mentally we might think that they are. The abundance of a man's life doesn't consist in the things that he's got. All right? Think about that. The other thing I want to leave with you is that of what the Lord also said in the 12th chapter of Luke. For where a man's treasure is, there will his heart be also. All right? Um, well, I'm, I'll skip, I'm going to skip that one to skip this one because i got to stop. We need to realize there's people who have riches. They just want to see them in the bank because they like to look at them. All right? Well, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead. So there, there's a scripture over here. In Proverbs 23, let me turn over here and read this. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I'm sorry, 21, Proverbs 21. Verse 17 says this. He that loveth pleasure shall be a... Poor man. 
We're talking about rich, right? People that are rich. Well, look at this text. It says, He that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. And my center column has another rendering for pleasure is sport. Entertainment. Okay? I mean, a lot of people are entertained by sports, right? I mean, I, I, I work at Texas A&M. It's all about the football team, right? Sports. I mean, you know, you get some of these high school, you know, they're pouring their money into sports. Not really so much education sometimes. But listen to what it says. It says, He that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. He that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich. You say, why are you bringing that up? You're talking about people who's rich. This says people's not going to be rich. <clears throat> you know, I've never seen very many crackheads or alcoholics that are just rolling in the money. Unless they're selling or dealing, you know what I mean? What I want you to see is where a man's treasure is, there will his heart be also. A lot of people like money. They're not ones just they like to see it in the bank. They like the money for all the things it can get them. All the entertainment that it'll bring them. All the pleasures, you see. Or all the wine. Or the alcohol. Or wherever their heart, whatever they treasure in their heart. Where their treasure is, there will heart be also. But men will treasure up treasures. But sometimes to spend it because their heart isn't just on seeing it in the bank account. It's the things. But remember, a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. And I'll give you a little reading assignment. Read the rest of the fifth chapter of Ecclesiastes. And you'll see that some of the, some of the God expects, just go read it. He giveth us also richly all things to enjoy. It's not wrong to enjoy the labors of your hands in spending some of your funds. But he says, charge them not that are rich in this world not to be high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but trust in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. He says that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute Willing to communicate. One of the reasons that God blesses us with material goods, with gold and silver, is so that we can be ready to help others. God has blessed us to be in a position where we can help others that don't have. Help the poor. He says be ready and willing to communicate. That means to distribute. Because after all, if God's blessed you, with a little jingle in your pocket. He didn't do that so that you could necessarily just, uh, well, you're not going to take it with you. 
God blesses us sometimes with material things so that we can share and be ready to distribute, willing to communicate. All right? That we would use it in God's service. So he says, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but trust in God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Well, I want to tell you this morning, none of that went what I envisioned in my mind, but I trust that maybe you got something out of that. May God bless you.